For this week, and I think we will be enjoying what? it again when it starts again next week. Uh, why are you doing the end of it? Sore voice. Sore voice. Yeah. So you're doing the end of it first. I just thought I'd just do that, and then we'll probably switch it off. No, 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 no. We're doing the intro. This is honestly. No, Ray Peacock. Don't, don't talk. Don't talk, Ray Peacock. There's an interesting thing happening down my voice. I made gamble by the way. I gamble. I can speak down here. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, I'm alright, thank you. But if I try and get up, well, don't do it then. You shouldn't be talking. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be talking at all. No, I shouldn't, should I? Because we've got loads more shows to do. Got to do two shows tomorrow. Two shows today, tomorrow. Yeah, in, on, in podcast land. Yeah, exactly. Two shows to do, right? So you shouldn't be talking at all. So I think I'm going to undertake this intro then. Okay. I'm going to do it right now. Hello, welcome to the Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh Podcast, episode number, and then if you just cut in a number, um, I'll give you a range. I don't know what number. Seven, it is, eight, so. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Cut one of them in. I don't know which one. Drop one of them in. Yeah, but do, you, you do the research and cut, cut one of them numbers in. Going to shush, shush. Um, our guest uh, today on today's podcast it's is... Arthur Smith. No, I'll say it. I'll I've say got, it. i do something on this, man. No, you don't. You're losing the voice. I'll let you edit it, all right? Thank you. Our guest today is Arthur Smith um, from comedy, uh, and he's been doing comedy for a very long time. Uh, Ray, don't eat a biscuit on it. I always imagine when you've got a bad throat, things like biscuits and crisps are good for it because they take away all the badness on the way yeah, down. Yeah, right, I think as well, but they don't, it's not hurting my throat. No, exactly, it'll be fine, mate. But you, shouldn't be, it, you shouldn't be talking. And um, we had a lovely chat with Arthur Smith. Uh, he's a very nice man and very, very funny mm-hmm. and off his head. Mental. Uh, mental. So we'll enjoy listening to that conversation uh, and a particularly particular favourite bit. Um, literally just going through Arthur's jacket, seeing yeah. what he carries around. You'll hear it all in a minute. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, our show, Peacock and Gamble Heartthrobs, continues to happen. It insists on Sold being out on. every night. Sold out. Doing doing well. Enjoying it. Nice audiences. 9.45 every night. Pleasant's Courtyard. Peacock and Gamble Heartthrobs. I didn't enjoy it tonight. Friday and Saturday night. You didn't enjoy it tonight, but I'm telling you it was good, mate. No, it's because you stri- didn't enjoy it. Yeah, because the voice was straining. Yeah, but it was sold out again. Yeah, but you're a very funny lad. Oh, thanks. Everyone agreed, and all the girls waited afterwards and told me they thought you were very handsome and your new voice is actually really sexy. My girl did meet us afterwards from Brighton. Yeah. Lizzie. I want to say Lizzie. Whoa. I met another girl as well by the Fast Friends today. Can't remember her name. Began with an M. This is typical of you, mate. Always meeting girls, not even remembering their name. Remember Alice and Erin? Alice and Erin, yeah. And two girls at Kentwell Show. Remember yeah. them? Okay, so you remember girls, some girls' names. James. James isn't a girl, mate. I remember some people. Yeah, you shouldn't be talking, mate. Sorry. You shouldn't be talking. Oh, well, Especially... Being a list of names is all right. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, well, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you've chosen the right reason to talk, which yeah. is apparently just doing a list of girls' names. Say what, we had an exciting day today, though, didn't we? We did, a really exciting day. Wait till you hear the podcast next week. I'm going to retire now from this one. Yeah, well, I told you, you should have retired ages ago. You did a list of girls' names. You As you can hear, Ed's biscuit. not looking after me, even though my voice is broken. I'm looking after you perfectly well, mate. Encouraging me to talk. I'm not encouraging you to be. talk. Your regime, after your voice has gone, you're supposed to be into theatre. You studied drama. Yeah. Your regime, you come straight off stage. Two bukas. Right, two sambukas. Mm-hmm. That's not normal, mate. It feels like it's good for it. It, it. it might feel like it's good for it, said through a mouthful of digestive. Right in, right in, let us know. Is bambuka good for it? Right, where are they going to send a letter to? You know, my doctors, isn't it? Your doctors? Have I got a doctor? You don't have a doctor, mate. Alright, fine. Right. I'm just saying, it's a post office, I'll pick it up later. I never thought this, I never thought I'd say this, 
But let's get Arthur Smith on because it will make more sense. Here's Arthur. Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble. Um, so I saw you yesterday and you were just sat outside an house. Yeah. You were wearing. I'm going to say the same. So you're um you're a man of maturing years. Yeah. Not an old man by any stretch. Oh, well, well, yeah. I mean, if, if you if you I did a gig recently and I asked a ten year old girl who she thought I looked like, <laughs> and she said uh, Robbie Williams. And I realised <laughs> that to her I did. I mean, once you're over a certain age, you're, you know, your age. <laughs> yeah, but Arthur, yeah, you can't. You're yeah. the same age as me. You can't her, cling to that. <laughs> you can't. Oh. The ten-year-old girl said you look like Robbie Williams. That doesn't mean you look like Robbie Williams. Ten-year-olds just grab for the first name that comes yeah. into their head. No, I think she was thinking, "Who? Oh, he's so old. This man who's looking at me. <laughs> Who do I know who's as old as that?" Yeah. And to her, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so you, all right, you're out. You were on the street. Yeah. Like Robbie Williams stood there. Yeah. You had shorts on. Mm-hmm. Fine. You had a big rucksack. Yeah. You had a top hat on. Oh, yeah, possibly. No, there's no... Who doesn't know if he had a top hat on yesterday or not? It was one of those theatrical hats. I think it fell just short of the top hat. It was like a... It was like a sort of bowler with an abscess. You you had a... (laughs) You had a low-end top hat. Yeah. Yeah. A demi hat. Yeah. You're right. Uh, You're on the street. And your first words to me... You you waved. Very good, that. Professional broadcasting. You work regularly on Radio 4, don't you? Microphone there, you're slamming tea down next to it. But let's yeah. keep doing that. Yeah, but I'm going to refer to that noise shortly. All right, good. We'll, <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Um, um, your, your first words to me were, you can't help me. <laughs> <laughs> you waved, you waved as you saw me, and I walked towards you, and I, I went, magnificent, because I said about your top hat, and you went, you can't help me. <laughs> and I thought, what's that? Is he, is he in distress? What's, what's that? What, what's, you were in distress. And then you let out a stream of expletives about how you couldn't find your keys. Yes. And you didn't know where you'd put them. I got the impression you'd been looking for about four hours. Yeah. And you'd given up at that point. Well, you... I hadn't entirely given up because even though you can look for four hours in your pockets for keys yeah. and not yeah. find them, yeah. you can still find them. Yeah, yeah. they could yeah. be in a bit of pocket that you haven't quite There's always in. a possibility, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. yeah. There's... there's... There's such a thing in pockets as like a pocket Narnia where you need to go yeah. through the right yeah. bit and then you'll find a whole other land. Yeah, it's true. See, women don't know about this because they don't really have pockets, do they? They have handbags. Yeah, but handbags are worse by the looks I, of it. It does. I did. They're a strange turmoil. Yeah. I'm going to contest that. I'm going to contest that women don't have pockets. <laughs> I don't I just went with it. That's, okay. how, that's how I'm trustworthy I find out that I just went with that women don't have pockets. I'm not having it that women don't have pockets. <laughs> women may occasionally have pockets, but if they do, in the unlikely event they do, they don't put anything in them. Right, And okay. of course they have the most natural pocket in the world. Yeah. <laughs> the love pocket. <laughs> the love pocket, yeah. <laughs> Stop the aggy in there. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I apologise. Okay. So there's no. So I presume you found these keys eventually. Uh, indeed, we're moments after you arrived. So in the end, you could help me. Well, I actually said to you, have you, have you looked under your hat as a joke? Yeah. So you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, don't you ever keep anything under your hat? Well, don't you ever heard the phrase? He's yeah, kept huh. it under his hat. Yeah. Why you don't know where it is? Or you can't, you're not, That's it's a secret. secret. It's yeah, a secret, it's a secret. It's, it's yeah. not, he keeps his keys under his hat. <laughs> <laughs> At 
pay myself freight. <laughs> I don't know why now, but they wouldn't. Well, were they? Would they knock my hat off though? Maybe they were in in the mysterious pocket. Were well, they really? Pocket, okay, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the pocket that I had looked in maybe thirty or thirty-five times yeah. already, and it turned out they were in there. Yeah, that all happened. Wasn't it? Because well, maybe they weren't in there when I was looking, and then you know they'd gone off to magic land, and then just come <laughs> nip back at the last moment. Yeah. Think of the adventures they'd had. Yeah. If only keys could talk. I'll tell you what annoys me talking about things. I was thinking about how little some, how little work some objects do. Like if you think about your flat, your bed puts in a solid eight hours. Yeah. You know, your chairs, maybe a couple of hours a day. Yeah. Toothbrush, yeah. two, five minutes, you know, yeah. if that. You know. Important though, aren't they? A little blast, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, they're only working like 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Whereas but they go comb, inside your mouth though, aren't your they? Your comb. Imagine your comb, what is yeah. that? What is that? <laughs> well, my like, comb it never worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's been unemployed for years. <laughs> Same. And, and that, what, has, has that bothered you? Yeah, well, I feel I'm not getting my money's worth from some of these things. Like, there's a chair we have at home that no one ever sits in. It's just like... Is it decorative, though? A bit, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not as far as I'm concerned. I mean, to me, a chair should be sat in. Yeah. And that's why I was thrown out of that exhibition in Barcelona. <laughs> Are you going to do this joke about the tea yet or not? Is it... Oh, yeah. Well, what I, the thing is, I've got this... Uh, this uh, I've got a, 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 a thing. Oh, no, it's going nice. so this, like, <laughs> yeah. this joke is not prepared, Joe, because it's more one, one on the hoof. Well, I'm not convinced anyone could hear this tea. Go. If I, right, I'm going to put this tea down next to the microphone and see if you can hear it. Oh, well, you can. Go <laughs> Another little insight into the mind, if indeed that exists. But it's your job for giving me the tea. It is. Well, I didn't. I did, didn't I? That was yeah. part of the agreement. So I believe, so when you were arranging this interview... It's part of the agreement. Uh, I think Arthur was in quite a business-minded mood when, yeah. I, was, when I was booking yeah. him in for the interview. So we agreed on meet at 4.30, yeah. um, and it was a cup of tea for Arthur, and he could have a sip of my tea. Now, I've thrown a spanner in the works in that I've got a green tea with lemon. That's fair enough. We never, des- we never, we never, we never agreed what tea, type of tea it is. No. Oh, that means you might, that's good for singing, I gather. Oh, I should have some of that then, maybe. Is it? Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Tastes bit. nice, I just like the taste. Um, this is a genuine thing that you do in your life. Because we know you a little bit in terms of... Because we both present on uh, 4 Extra. Mm-hmm. And we also have to say, by the way, at some point during the podcast, that this podcast is not affiliated in any way to the BBC. Do we have to say that? And not affiliated to really 4 Extra, yeah. that, because we are all presenters on it. Yeah, I think, we all, I, think, I think we all realised it's not affiliated to Radio 4 Extra when we started talking about a lady's love pocket. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you would think it would be self-explanatory, yeah. but, you know, we've got to allow for idiots. So we, we, find some, we found some little things out about the inner workings of Arthur Smith and how you work from a professional. Don't tell me you've done some research. Everyone's, well, not, not no. deliberately. Everyone's, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's used to Arthur Smith. Oh, he's fun, isn't he? And he's on the radio and that with his cantankerous ways and pleasant demeanour. But Pleasant and cantankerous, they, yeah, but I they, like that. But they don't know that you do make these demands within your professional life. You do make, you know, it's things like, if you're working with a certain producer, it's like, right, I, I will come and do my job that I'm employed at, but you've got to bring me a present. Yeah. You do that a lot. Well, I, I usually take the present for the producer. You bring them a present as well. Yeah, no, I've no, a, love yeah. hearts, of course. You, you have, you I've got some hearts. with me, and a cherry, and a sparkler. <laughs> Arthur, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, a cherry and a now, sparkler. This is like a really sort of whimsical version. What's in the of top what, pocket? Hang on. There's a bit. No, right. like genuinely, ass. genuinely. Yeah. And this is, this is like a really whimsical version of when the Joker gets taken into the police station yeah. in the dark night. <laughs> 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 
What's that? Oh, I don't know what that is. What's, how can you not know what's something in your pocket? Right, it's a wildlife tube. It's, it's a yogurt. It's yogurt. A strawberry yogurt from in a tube. Train. It's oh, from a... Jesus. Oh, where did this come from? It was in your pocket. My pocket. Like, no, it didn't just come out of your pocket. Yes, it did. It, but it must have been put in there. In the, did you buy that coat? From a charity and, shop. That would make know. sense, I, wouldn't I, it? How do I know where Do it came from? It's a know. tube of yoghurt <laughs> in my jacket. Life is not so easy to understand, you know that, Ray. Do you forget things? Yes, constantly. I, ever since I was... I, I remember when I went on holiday when I was 20 on a Eurorail trip. And at the end of it, I estimated I'd lost one thing every day. Right. And then my rucksack was about half as heavy. Credit cards one day, socks. You know, someday it was just like a shirt or something. Yeah. So I can't find I just cherry lost a now. shirt. Do you know what? We well, need to have a cherry. We've got some cherries in the other room. Do you want us to just replace your cherry? Uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd say that to <laughs> I would like a cherry now I've mentioned it. I must right. admit. Uh, would you want... Oh, no, I found it. Here it is. <laughs> he's pocket. brought out one he's got one cherry <laughs> this is unbelievable so you like it's not even you don't know where your keys are but you've got love hearts a tube of yoghurt and a single cherry a solitary cher- cherry <laughs> that wasn't in your jacket that was in your shorts pocket yeah that's right yeah that was uh, yeah well you see I've got so many pockets that's why I spend my life looking for my keys but why have you got one cherry well, why well, why shouldn't I have one cherry? Right, well, sometimes I don't want to. What's the, what's the thinking behind this? So, can, well, you, can you take me back? Take me back on that cherry's life, as far as you know it. All right, I, I bought the cherries when we arrived. Just before I came here, I thought those cherries look nice. I'll take one, right? And maybe one. I'll give give it away because yeah. I like to have presents. Like you see, you know, these are you know the love hearts. Yeah, I've got a sparkler in me. Who knows what other gifts I've got got in me rucksack? I'm, I'm oh gonna, no, I know that's over there. Yeah, I can have a look if you like. I'm going to take a photo Oh, of you this. do realise if you've life. got a single chariot carrying it around, if you try and give that to a woman, it does seem like a really bad plan chat up line. You say that. <laughs> have you ever tried it? No. Neither well, of you. Are. You've still got the cherry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have started with two. Give it all one. There's another cherry if you play your cards right. <laughs> Pickle can gamble. Pickle can gamble. You're quite a charming man, though, eh? Have you, have you found over your life? Oh, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm so charming. It's revolted sometimes. I sickened myself with how bloody charming I am. I would have said the word beginning with F there. I'm guessing you can on this. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, one, mate. Oh, can I enjoy it? I'll say that again, then. Uh, what was the sentence? <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised how much I'm worse just, the chat I am so fucking charming. Sometimes yeah. it's revolting. Yeah. It's my father's bloody fault. Is it considered charm though? Is it is it manipulative charm or is it just or is it inherent in you? If you say it's from your father, then I guess it is something that's. Yeah, well, I mean, in a way, one is loath to analyse one's own charm. Yeah, but why the hell not? Yeah, no, I think it probably comes from my father. It's a question of thinking of other people in a way. I mean, you probably want a love heart, don't you? Not really, but I'm not saying I'll never want one again in my life. I was just thinking, in terms of offering a lady something. Go with the cherry, uh, as opposed to do you want to look at my yogurt tube? Love hearts, you can't go wrong. Because yeah. what you do is you say, and the third one down is my feelings for you. Right. So is that are we playing that game now? Not as well, don't you think? Right. So you yeah. brought you brought Arthur's brought some love hearts for you too. So third down for you for me, yeah. Ray, and uh, fifth, eighth down, eighth down, right? Okay. For you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Might as well make it awkward. Eh? Right. Yeah, there we exactly. go. There we go. 
So and these is, describes exactly my two. feelings for you. And the third one down is Arthur's feelings for me, which is first love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, so we know that that's well, fucking yeah. monster. So I've got a five, five more down, and we'll find we'll find out. <laughs> Arthur's feelings for... for this me. is the first time love hearts have been unwrapped on a podcast. I think right? there might be a reason for that, Arthur. <laughs> That's just... I'm hoping to get a deal with love hearts. I'm always talking about them. Yeah. Right. Mm. But it's whether they... Listen, you try one. It's whether or not they want to be a associated with you as mm. well though isn't it seems you... maybe not <laughs> oh. oh that's awkward what? so what were you again first love I'm afraid I'm true love <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I dumped you <laughs> not what you've done <laughs> look you introduced Arthur to a lot you helped him discover things about himself that he never knew but, uh, but I'm here waiting yeah Ready you for you've boiled your love hearts up in a neat pile. Yeah, right? they're all ready now, aren't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm type 1 diabetic. I will not be having any of those love well, hearts. Well, I'm type 2 yeah, I thought you were diabetic as well. Yeah. Why are you eating love hearts full stop? Well, the odd love heart don't make any odds. Just a little love heart. Yeah, get a love heart, don't you? <laughs> um, all mine, this one says. It is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we know about the love hearts. We know about the gifts and things. We also know that you... I've got this theory about you. Do you know the play Miss Julie? Mm-hmm. Strindberg play, yeah. Um, in Miss Julie, there is only two characters in Miss Julie, yeah, but they always say Julie, there's three. Yeah, yeah. People always say there's three because there's Miss Julie, there's another guy, and there's also the father who you never see. Right. But his, it's a big thing in the, in the play. His boots are on the stage, and he's a presence in the play. Ah, oh, okay. They I refer to his boots and all that. You know, they're, they're always there. Mm. Whenever we go into the studio at the BBC to record this, uh, the show. <laughs> There are some, what I can only describe as infantile slippers on the floor, which uh, belong to you. Well, that is an insult to the people of Greece. Right, OK. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, I apologise to Danny, Sandy, Kinnicky, all those people. <laughs> In advance. But you, you, you leave your slippers. You're that in at the BBC. No, but I... you maintain you're not. Because <laughs> every time we see you, you go, oh, they want to fucking talk to me later on. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, and we never know we never find out what it's about not only have you got your feet under the table when you're not there your slippers are under the table I know table. well I'm always expecting someone would have stolen them because they do like Radio 4 continuity from there don't yeah. they I think yeah. sometimes yeah. and I sort of assume that you know, people would, or some jobs were to come and say, well, these aren't meant to be here. Because yeah. they yeah. are a pair That's of more like cheap Greek them. slippers. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've left them there, and they see they've you know, made a little home there, and <laughs> I think people like them. Yeah. Makes a change from just your standard, you know, your regulatory, regulatory recorded equipment. Yeah. Which very rarely involves two little flimsy Greek slippers. That's because they have <laughs> absolutely no use for recording. Well, I <laughs> <laughs> well, they keep Arthur comfortable during his recording. But they are, they're very noticeable, aren't they? And they're also, they're not always in the same place. Do you, do you wear them when you go into record? Quite usually, yeah. Yeah. And then I wear, what I like to do is wear them out in the street, outside, you know, up and down, up the Regent Street. And, yeah. And it's funny the feeling you get when you're wearing slippers in the street. It feels like you're doing something faintly illegal or <laughs> transgressive. <laughs> yeah. It's like your pyjamas or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no reason yeah. why you can't wear your pyjamas walking about, is there? And oh, more you, and more, you, I want you to. Your tube might pop out. <laughs> <laughs> no pockets, of course. Yeah, no, no, no pockets in pajamas, which is why any girls yeah. wear them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I do leave my slippers there, but you know, it's my my little mark. I don't want you to think, by the way, that any of this is critical. Well, I'm not, I'm not criticising really, you in any no, way. No. I, I find you absolutely baffling and intriguing as a gentleman. 
I am a mysterious. Because you've been around, man. The, you've been around like forever yeah. in, in comedy as well as in you know in the media. I've met and stuff. everybody. Yeah. Um, we we want to tell you right now. It's now called a Snickers. <laughs> yeah, but people look, still laugh. Yeah, you get, look, if people are still laughing, Mate, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, I bought that joke from Nick Hancock. Did you really? Yeah. And who did he buy it off? No, I he, genu- he is the genuine author of it. Well, we should we should actually explain this to you. Uh, do you still open with that as a joke? No, no, I, I do it. I do it occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the joke is. I entered a marathon the other day, terrible chocolate and peanuts all over me willy. Yeah. Right, that's the joke. Amazingly, it gets a laugh. Great joke. Even that, well, it isn't a great joke, in as far as I haven't been called marathons for, I don't know, <laughs> 15, 20 years. I think it's like getting on But people still, years, it makes me think they should change the name back to marathon. For your joke. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also because clearly that's what people still think of him as. Yeah. And you, re- but you reference that there's a name change now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say that. Well, I say I can't believe I've got a laugh with this joke. Yeah, because I can't really. I mean, it's you know. You, well, I've got a cracking joke about buying opal fruits in Woolworths. Yep. Well, I've got another one. I've got another one. Here's another one that's gone out of date. Uh, what do you do if you get a peanut stuck up your bum? You eat a bar of chocolate and it comes out a treat. A treat. But for this, you see, you need to treat. I don't. I don't yeah, get that. That's known. That's no, known. a treat was a type of chocolate, chocolate bar peanut. covered in, uh, you know, nuts covered in chocolate. Okay, yeah. So it comes out a treat. Yeah. You know. Do you still do that joke? No, I don't, no, I, I, I don't think that one would work. I think no, you get no. that. Well, I haven't tried it yet. Who knows? Might do. No, I don't think so. Well, Ed didn't know what one was. I remember no, them. I remember no. treats. Um, also, if I was playing an audience of over fifty, as I offer them, yeah. actually, no, they'd have forgotten. The treats never made the impact. <laughs> Marathons do that. They were nice yeah. though. Even as we're talking right now, I'm thinking I'd love one of them. Now. You'd love a treat. Well, they've probably still got them just with a different name, haven't they? I don't think so. I think they went. That's the problem. Calling something a treat, then yeah. people are going to only buy it occasionally because it's a treat. You should call it an every. That's yeah. probably so- what someone said at some marketing. Dread- yeah. Dreadful, <laughs> dreadful marketing. But <laughs> you know, I was thinking of marketing means. How the hell did they come up with that name? Which I do love. Pork scratchings. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound... Because that sounds like the pig's got itchy, it yeah. scratched itself, and <laughs> yeah. then whatever's dropped off, they've stuck in a fryer. Yeah. 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 Why is it scratchings? <laughs> no, well, this was, no idea. Well, someone must have called that. They could have called them, you know, pork canapes, or, yeah. you know, bacon delice. But pork scratchings. I buy them, and I, in a way, I buy them because they're called pork scratchings. Yeah, people, you wouldn't buy a bag of something in a pub called um, bacon delice, would you? Well, they call them pork crackling as well, pork don't they? Crackling. Which is more, oh, more that, that's, that's middle class posh. I wouldn't. It's scratchings is what I want. I don't want crackling. Yeah. Oh, crackling is what you get when you've actually had a large lump of pork. Yeah, yeah. with the crackling. Yeah, yeah. Pork scratchings are sort of inferior relative of the crackling don't in a way. I've, don't think I've ever seen you so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Pickle can gamble. Pickle can gamble. What are you, Arthur Smith? I'm a comedian. That's in the end. That's what I am. I'm also a poet, a singer, a flaneur, a wanderer, a rambler. Flaneur? What's that? It's French for all those other words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, a flaneur actually was, um, it was, a, it was a sort of 19th century French thing. 
uh, and the word comes from flaner, it, it kind of means to drift about. And people like Baudelaire and you know these French Romantic poets or you know symbolist poets, you sort of drift. it was like when the city had just started, the industrialised city, and they'd wander around the city, taking it in and looking. And they were always vaguely on the edge. They were flaneur. Right, okay. That was the idea, and then they would write about it. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I quite like. I, my greatest delight is wandering around the streets of Edinburgh. You know, it's such a beautiful city. I'm really, really disappointed that. In an attempt to fashion this bedroom into a studio, yeah. you've taken the things from the settee and shoved them Cushions on the window. On the window, yeah. So that uh, I presume so you get a better sound. That's all it is, but yeah. frankly, I'd have been happier with worse sound and that fabulous view that lies behind of, uh, those big of, cushions. Of, 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 of Arthur's seat. Of but, my seat. But Arthur's we, we seat get a nice view of Arthur's seat anyway, don't we? Yeah, so we've got yeah well, I don't. I we can, can see Arthur's seat. You can never see your arse, can you? <laughs> no human being has ever seen their own arse. If, if you angle a mirror the Yeah, right but way. then it's reflected back at you and it's the, the, the sides have changed. you never really seen it. Never seen it live. Never seen it live. I agree with you about that view, you know, because I've never really took much notice of Arthur's seat over the years. Because I edit this, I made it in sort of later early hours in the morning I guess and uh, I often see the sunrise over there oh, it, it, it's genuinely quite a, quite a breathtaking view oh though. I love it. I mean that's the, the, one of the things that's so great about it it's ridiculous it's got a fucking mountain in the middle of it yeah, yeah. you know you don't get that in Birmingham do you no right? no no at all and, and they've named it after me and what do you what, what do you um, do you study your tour? Well, I have no, I'm not at the moment. I've I've sort of been touring on and off for several years all around no, the country. No, no, oh, no, no. You're oh, my late night tour. Oh, yes, yes, I'm doing that. Are you when? When you doing it? The it's the night of the seventeenth. Technically, the eighteenth. My diary right now. It's two a.m. You meet at the entrance to the castle. I've been yeah. on one before. Have you? Great fun. Yeah. Come and be in it if you want. Do you want oh, to be? You can like leap out from behind the corner as a bears and shatter people oh yeah for it would be the famous Edinburgh bears what when you say that? bears do you mean actual bears or do you mean the specific uh, the specific homosexual uh, sort of I can do that what is a homosexual bear it's like, like him big, big guy Harry is that what you call them bears, bears. I thought they were gym bunnies or oh no that's uh, yeah no that's, that's the other no yeah gym bunnies <laughs> just, yeah and that's bears um, happily, ha- I'd love to be, cause it, cause, but although there's also the risk of us getting arrested. Cause that can happen occasionally, yeah. How many arrests have they been on that tour over the years? Uh, well, I only, uh, it became very, very close two years running, uh, but didn't, and then the next year there were only two arrests, okay. Simon Munnery and me, yeah. yeah. What, were you arrested? I didn't know you were arrested. Well, Munnery had got arrested because when the police pulled up, because the police only used to arrive because Malcolm Hardy would always, at the start of the tour, ring the police and complain. (laughs) 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 So the police were often sort of lurking about. I do remember one instance, somewhere there's a picture of it, of a of a policeman on top of a porter cabin <laughs> attempting to arrest Malcolm, who was completely naked apart from his socks. And we were all just standing around watching this. Or not, you know, or he warned him or something. He didn't yeah. arrest him. But Malcolm mysteriously never did get arrested. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the police were often lurking about. There was one year when we ended outside Steve Coogan's flat, uh, and he was pretending to be James Bond or something from behind the window. And then suddenly there was... Ah, ah, ah. And I just said, right, we're finished now. And everyone was separating and <laughs> all these police came. But it was, you know, it was all, you know, everyone had sort of just separated. If, if it had been, you know, two minutes later, yeah. you know, it could have been mayhem. And what were you arrested for? I, I, well, Munnery was arrested for breach of the, people, I got breach of the peace and possession of a megaphone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's generally what they said. Uh, 
Because I had a way of saying that, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breach of the peace. Funny enough, I walked past the very police station, and uh, yeah, but I, I, but I, Munnery was arrested, and I felt, oh, boy, it's not fair. Munnery being arrested, yeah. I, if anyone should be arrested, this should be me. Yeah, yeah. So I'd gone down to show, and I'd been such a pain in the arse in the station that they decided to arrest me. Right. So, well, not pain in the arse, I was just, a, uh, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was almost like, oh, who's the Mr. Big in this? It's that Arthur Smith. That's right, where can we find him? Oh, he's waiting in the waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and they arrested me for breach of the peace and possession of a megaphone. But well, there was uh, no, there was nothing. I got fined. In oh, the did end. you? Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I got fined. Because me and Munnery came up with this court case, I remember, yeah, yeah. and uh, it was quite entertaining. And we got, I got, he, I think he got off, and I got fined a hundred quid, which I have never paid. I mean, I, I was even sent him a reminder subsequently. <laughs> really, and so technically, I, I always think I am a wanted man yeah, 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 in well. Edinburgh because I've never just paid that. Past that police station as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to think they're really a bit sloppy on the. In the you know, that was thirteen years ago. I, I was arrested, and they still haven't asked for the fine. Should we ring that police station? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say, maybe it? I should go in and offer them a hundred quid. <laughs> Why don't we? Why don't we take you in there? <laughs> I'd say we believe we've come for the bounty on this here fellow. <laughs> how many? How many Edinburghs have you done now, Arthur? Can you? Well, I. You can do the math, as they say. I first came in 1977, and I mean, whilst I've always done a proper show, I have been here every year since bar two. Wow. So I mean, yeah, whatever the many that is, I could work it out. I'll probably be better Why, at doing it. You know. Should I do it on my phone? Do it on your phone. What is it? Since, well, I'll since do what it year? if you're that pathetic. Right. <laughs> so, uh, 17, uh, 5, no, tw- 25, is it? Yeah, I've been up 25 times then. No, 24. Right, it's f- fucking loads. I'll get it on my phone. I'll get on my phone. <laughs> it's only going to say fucking loads on your calculator. Yeah, fucking loads on there. I've only yeah. done different Somewhere numbers. around 25. Yeah. And why did, you, so why did you miss two? Uh, they were both relatively early. After two years of doing it, it was just so exhausting and losing so much money and we weren't really getting there. And I had this girlfriend that we decided, oh, no, fuck it. And then the other time, well, I was quite depressed one year. I just was miserable and, and I just thought, oh, sod it and I'm not going. Although, actually, I did have a show on, even though I wasn't there I've just remembered <laughs> I did a thing called the publicity stunt where I had a friend of mine came on for 50 minutes and played his teeth uh, you know he could play a tune with his teeth oh yeah and I phoned in from uh, Norway or something it's a dim memory <laughs> but I would never actually went that year and actually both times I felt like you know there was a party going on next door but I'd sulked and not gone yeah. so I kind of feel even if I'm not actually doing a proper show or there's always something you do you know I always quite like to come up, otherwise I feel, you know, um, there's something missing. Yeah. How many have you done? Nine, it's my ninth. It's straight in a row, or have you no, missed any? No, I've missed loads. No, I did uh, 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2005, 2006, and then my next one was 2011. Oh, you had five years off? Yeah. Did you miss Not it? Not off. Well, yeah, five years where you didn't do it. Five years where I'd done proper work. Oh, no, I didn't miss it at all. No, no, it's like I've never really thrown myself into the Edinburgh thing, you know. I've never been a... Um, I, I come up on work, really. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to be a much more of a Royster Doistra than I am now. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. in the end, I got really ill from drinking and carousing, often in Edinburgh. You don't drink anymore, do you? No. You notice that? No. Cat-cat-cat. I had the odd sip of red wine with a steak, like, once a week type thing. Yeah. Just the odd love heart now. But <laughs> <laughs> you then spit all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and then all over us. <laughs> 
Um, so, well, how long since you stopped drinking? Um, around 2001. The last time I was drunk was December the 11th, 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 11, 12, 2001. I'll get on the phone, I'll get on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was, I, there was one night, the, the following night, in fact, I woke up with, you know, just brutal pain in my stomach. Yeah. And it felt like some kind of wild animals trying to eat its way out. It was really fucking agony. Hospital, you know, and I was taken into intensive care, and they diagnosed acute necrotizing pancreatitis, which is as bad as it sounds. And I was not likely to survive, I gather. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning in intensive care with the, like my mum and dad and girlfriend and the family all around me. And I thought, well, well, this is my deathbed scene. Yeah, yeah. But I did somehow. I don't know somehow or other. I pulled through. It's quite an impressive turnaround, though, isn't it? Because if you consider um, how you were regarded as a as a personality within the comedy community, so there's yourself and Malcolm Hardy, who's, who's no longer yeah. with us, and and certainly the the, the, the two of you together, what well, it, it, it was a thing, wasn't it? it well, you know, they were the, the wild boys. Well, I, I, yeah, I suppose so a bit. Yeah, although you know, the whole thing about Malcolm, he, he's become this sort of myth. Which yeah. I rather like. He would have fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's become this sort of legend of people who never knew him even. Yeah, uh, uh, as the and what he was was he had an utter kind of recklessness. Yeah. about him, a kind of I don't give a fuck in a way that we all secretly would like to feel, you know, be able to act on that sometimes. And of course, it's hopelessly irresponsible, and you know, you'd end up dead. As of course, yeah. he did. Uh, but he had this kind of just fearlessness that yeah. was uh, extraordinary. But I mean, even things like, see, even to use it as an example now, even things like you saying that at the beginning of your tour that you, you do every year in Edinburgh where you walk people around Edinburgh late at night yeah. and have a pretend tour where you make things up, apparently on the spot, it seems. But I guess you, you, you prep some of it. Very, some years I'll prepare it a bit. Often it, I'll just make it up. Yeah. But even that, him ringing the police at the beginning of that tour. <laughs> like, like, well, I never knew this till after his book came but out. But isn't that wonderful, though? But, yeah, but also, yeah. like we just said then, we should walk you into the police station. Yeah. I mean, yeah. laugh, 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 yeah, laugh. He really would have Malcolm would have gone, yeah. we're doing that now. Yeah, yeah he probably would have Also, yeah. the, the thing, I, if I ever sort of managed to bring myself to do something like call the police before the tour starts, <laughs> you'd be finding out about that as soon as <laughs> the tour had finished. I'd be going, I'd call the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To just leave yeah. it until the book yeah. comes out, is yeah, it yeah. to, to just... Totally. Totally for his own amusement, is yeah. quite. Well, he, he was always he had an ambiguous relationship with the police, Mal, yeah. over many years, yeah. <laughs> including seven years inside. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I asked him once. I said, "Well, what were you done for?" He said, well, he reputedly was done for nicking the Rolls Royce of a shadow, oh, no, of a cabinet minister, Tory <laughs> cabinet minister, which obviously didn't help. That's the thing. It's all. It was always someone. It was always Freddie Mercury's birthday cake. Yeah, that's right. And the. Uh, and I said to him, well, how did you get seven years? He said, well, it all adds up, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Print the myth. Because there was one time that Keith Allen got arrested and he was like strutting around saying, oh, I got arrested. And Malcolm came on after him at Glasgow and said, yeah, one night for him. Hey, seven fucking years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's credibility, you know. You don't get young comics getting arrested anymore. It's really disappointing. You don't, do you know? What should we do? I don't know. We should try and get arrested. Have yeah. you never been arrested? Never. No, I think everyone should be arrested once. Not proper arrest, no. Yeah. No, I've been... no, never been arrested. I'll give you a little tip if you ever ask. Say to the arresting officer, it's a fair cop, Gov. I've been done up like a kipper, banged to rights and no mistake. <laughs> yeah. And then when he has to read it out and call. It sounds <laughs> like he's made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been arrested. Like, it's normal. I always say, you know, my dad was a copper, and that was the only thing I was really worried about. That arrest, I really didn't want to upset me dad. You know? Really, really. There's a lot of policemen in my family as well. I wonder whether so I just steer clear of all that sort of thing. Most well, of often the, the coppers' sons are the worst of all, of course. 
coppice, but yeah, but it wasn't. I, my dad wasn't a copper, so it was the, a lot yeah. of the male members of my mum's side of the family are all, are all policemen. Yeah, yeah. whether I've got a healthy respect for the law. Well, I do too, in a way, you know. And I, especially, I mean, less so when I was in my twenties, because you know it was the miners' strike and you know all that. The police was sort of being wheeled out to smash you know, working people and union members. Uh, so and around then, then I was sort of anti-police, even though. But you know, in the end, well, that was the idea, wasn't it? At the time, yeah, that was, that was the idea to make people that way and to make you yeah, know, to absolutely. make them mate each other. That was the yeah, idea. So exactly. we sort That's of walked that into I'm apparently somewhere in my lineage. The, it was the creator of the police, not Sting. Robert you know, Peel. Robert Peel. I'm and Sting. Sting. Yeah. Are you an ancestor of Robert Apparently Peel. so. <laughs> apparently <laughs> so. Genuinely, genuinely. Well, my nana said it, but. My nana said a lot of things. Yeah. Like, like she would, <laughs> like she would say that someone was my cousin, and when they weren't, you know, yeah. like, oh, you, that lad who is playing really well for Saints is your yeah. cousin. Did, yeah. So in your nana's mind, was sort of everyone related to her. Maybe. I don't know. My, my my nana said that I was a direct descendant, and she was a direct descendant of Robert Peel. Well, we're my, granddad, all, my granddad said it as well, in fairness. It, it, apparently it was a thing. We're all related to each other, really, aren't we? We're all from Adam and Eve, aren't we? Of we're course. all from the same rock pool in Africa. Yeah. yeah, that's where we're all from. Yeah. Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble. Where do you envisage it going, Arthur? What? Life. Well, no. Dementia, death, I suppose. <laughs> he says he chooses his tenth love heart. After <laughs> <laughs> diabetes working out there, mate. Mm, delicious. I'll <laughs> just inject a bit more, I'll be fine. What with a bit low blood sugar, really. We would know, you, Ed and I, what... What low blood sugar's like. Yeah. I know what it's like. I, I, I get that. I get that as a thing when you Yeah, but not like proper low blood yeah, sugar, like yeah, diabetic. Yeah, it's unpleasant. I'm just undiagnosed. Well, at a certain point, just before it gets unpleasant, I find it quite nice, don't you? It's a little high, and then it feels surprisingly for a low, and then uh, and then it's a bit shaky and shaky. Yeah, and then sweaty, you have to, yeah. yeah, but then you really enjoy like an ice cream or something. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when you're allowed to have your sweets, then. Yeah, well, I'm I, I'm allowed to have sweets whenever if I just give a little injection, but not it's not a pleasant thing. But you don't do the injections, Arthur. Yeah, yeah, I do. I thought you were a different one. We well, are. But yeah, you can be type two and have to do injections yeah. as well because you must have got it quite young then. Didn't yeah, you? when I was thirteen. But I was rather surprised about who was it? Um, Theresa May been diagnosed. She's like diagnosed now, yeah. With type one. Yeah, with type uh, one in her fifties or something. Yeah, it's bizarre. Something I think that can happen late. Late. Oh, is that why that's set. a big story? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got quite angry when I saw it. Going, why? Because fucking... No, it wasn't that May was turned it into. Oh, you know, she's got as though somehow having diabetes would stop you being home secretary. Right, right. It needn't do at all. Although neither of us have made home secretary yet. No, and that might be it. That might be why, because we're diabetic. Yeah. I stupidly put that on my CV when I said <laughs> <laughs> When you applied for the job as home secretary. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Has a career in politics ever appealed to you? No, no, you'd have to be too, you've got to be too sort of, um, you know, you've got to be too, you know, you can be a bit more of an outsider. I feel slightly an outsider. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. And I think if you've got to be a politician, you've got to play a whole game. I've think... got friends who are MPs and things, and, you know, they have to toe a kind of line. But do you not think the time is ripe now for them to stop it? For someone to literally get on there and get get on there wherever yeah, you're going. Yeah, you carefully end up with yeah. Nigel Sodding Farage or something, you know, with that kind of... I mean, in a sense, you have to have a certain unity and policies that everyone, even if you don't agree with, you know... It's, I can see you running for Mayor of London. I just, I just think... Yeah, I could be Mayor of London, it's true. You yeah. actually could. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, they always go for someone a bit wacky, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, frankly, uh, I mean, Boris is quite amusing, but I reckon I could do a better 20 than him. <laughs> <laughs> He'd say Snickers and ruin the joke. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble.
Gamble. So what are you doing up in the French Shed? I'm doing a show called Arthur Smith's Things, Leonard Cohen, Volume 2. Yeah, which, which and is, you've done um, Volume 1 already. And, uh, well, I originally, I originally did the first... I had this whole Arthur Smith Sings. I started it in in the 92, because the previous year I had co-written a play called An Evening with Gary Lineker that was running in the West End and still had a... You know, still going out. So, I mean, it was like a big play. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. And... Um, so it, I can recommend it right on the play because you get money without doing anything yeah. once you've written it if it goes well. Yeah. So I kind of thought, oh, well, I'll do Edinburgh. I'll just do something really silly. Or And so I did Arthur. I chose a title just because it seemed like the most rubbish title, Arthur Smith sings Andy Williams, <laughs> and um, which I did with Tony Hawks. And we charged 50p to get in and offered people their money back plus 50p as they arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could kind of afford it that year. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. How did people set you up on that? Did people set you up on occasionally? That, yeah, yeah. Well, right? we, uh, talks would come on and try and bully people into taking the pound and leaving. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it did occasionally. Although they'd sneak back in sometimes. We noticed. Okay, okay. And and it, and I generally when I was doing it, I thought I was going to just go on and sing Andy Williams songs, which of course would have been a terrible, miserable. But in the end, I got very interested in this Dardarist uh, character who called Arthur Craven, uh, who, who, who had led this most extraordinary life, kind of part artist, part cabaret act, part, you know, uh, mythomaniac. Uh, and he's like a footnote in the history of Dada. And I got a bit obsessed with him anyway. I ended up doing a, a lecture about him, punctuated by Andy Williams right. songs, which, of course, in itself is a kind of Dardarist act. Yeah. And oddly, it just completely flew. Everyone completely loved it. Partly was only playing 50p. So I thought, well, I'll do another <laughs> Arthur Smith Sings. And I thought, Arthur Smith Sings Leonard Cohen. I thought, well, that's got to be the worst title. <laughs> I mean, that's just going to promise the grimmest evening of entertainment imaginable. Yeah. But again, it went quite well. I quite enjoyed singing. It's a good excuse to sing. You know, yeah. because I don't get to sing much. I mean, I was in a band years ago, so I used to quite like, you know, secretly every comedian slightly wants to be a rock star just like every politician wants to be a comedian. Yeah. You know? So you know, I did it, and that ended up quite successful again, and I ended up doing it in Montreal. And, you know, um, so I don't know. I just thought I wanted to... I, I was toying with ideas for doing shows, and and I thought, well, fuck it. I enjoyed that. I'll do it again. Arthur Smith sings Leonard Cohen. So I'm doing a, a new version of different songs and different sort of subject. That one was all about boredom and addiction, uh, and it was not long before... My, you know, I was ended up in intensive care. Yeah. And so this one's more about dementia and death, really. Oh, OK. <laughs> Let's not hope that preempts anything, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it will preempt something. You know, you're going to die. I'm going to die. I know, Arthur. Well, well what, you are too, No, possibly. I know, I know, mate. I know, I know. But actually, I don't think Ed is. That'd be weird. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? If I was the first died. person to not die. Well, I, but all the models we have of immortality, it'd be fucking awful. You'd find it dreadfully weird. Oh, yeah. Terrible. There was a rather brilliant. There's a book, uh, a history of the world, in nine and a half chapters or something, a Julian Barnes book, where the last chapter it, it describes a man. He wakes up and and he doesn't quite know where he is, but he someone gives him a cup of tea. And it's just like the best cup of tea he's ever had, and it's like out of this brilliant cup that he'd always vaguely loved, and then. Um, and slowly you get to learn that he's in a kind of materialist heaven. Okay. Which is to say, he can eat anything he wants, he can go out, and he can go to the, he can sleep with Marilyn Monroe, he can meet Hitler, he can do anything you'd want to, you know, not that I'm suggesting this, <laughs> but I mean, you know, he could meet, and, you know, yeah, he, could, yeah. he had this possibility, and, and, they, and, they, and it's obviously a kind of materialist heaven. And then eventually, you know, after a few scores of 
hat-trick in the cup final. Yeah. And, you know, and then he eventually plays a game of golf one day. And of course, he goes round in a hole-in-one yeah. every time. At which point he thinks, well, that's golf then, really. I've yeah. done that. I've did a hole There's no... What's the point of playing golf if you get a hole-in-one every time? Yeah, yeah. And eventually he learns that you can choose, finally, to actually to die. Yeah. And he says the ones that live longest are the religious ones who just sing and pray all day. And even they, after six or seven hundred years, choose to disappear. Yeah. Immortality would be fucking furious. Terrible. Yeah, terrifying. that's a good look with that. And me and Arthur are both going to die. And you're yeah, going to have to go. Plus, immortality is different to eternal youth, isn't it? So yeah. You just have bits dropping Well, off I mean, it is, you know, if you like, well, let's call it eternal youth. Yeah, be that's what you're having. Be equally oh, oh, what? There's Twilight yeah. Zones like that. There's Twilight that, Zones where yeah. there's a man who had eternal youth. Yeah. That's one of them. There's another one where the man... What um, happens in the end of that? Uh, he, he chooses to die. Yeah. That's what happens. Well, he, you would. He, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, well, mind you, Noah was 900, wasn't he? No. I thought he was. he was. He was really old, Noah. No, no, no. He was 900. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Because nobody has ever lived to 900 years old. No, yeah, but in the story, Noah is like really old. In a story it? that people believe, it, all yeah. over America particularly. Yeah. No, I'm just saying now. Yeah. He wasn't. Yeah, but there's no way you get. <laughs> there's no way you're getting two of every animal on a ship, is there? Either. I, I, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So that would be a hell of a ship, wouldn't it? That'd be massive. It'd be yeah, an ark. It'd be almost an ark. Be an ark. It'd be a ship. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a fucking ark. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be amazing. God, somebody should get that now. <laughs> well, look, neither of you seem to want the cherry. No, so you have the cherry, mate. Cherry it's, it's been a genuine pleasure speaking to you. It really has. And I always, I, I've said to you before, I can never get get away from with you. You being the milkman in Filthy Rich and Cat Flops. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. all, that's all I ever see when I see you. If you oh, get yeah, a, cle- God, yeah. a cleaver embedded into your head. That's right, with the old toffee glass. I don't, have you, people don't use them anymore, do you? know that toffee glass is good, where you can, what looked like a bottle, you can just smash it over someone's head. They, they use them sometimes. Well, we, right. we, we had one, I, we acquired one um, that we were going to make a video with. Yeah. Where I was going to smash it over our head. And we only had one, we had one take. We could do yeah. it in one take. I think they're quite pricey, aren't they? they are, yeah. Oh, yes, they are. And um, and I did it. I did it. As, as, as I pulled it back, it just smashed behind me. Oh, and no, it's all on the it's, it's online. It's online. It's online. <laughs> it's just, just there. And he, and there. That's why you need to do it properly. <laughs> now, after my abiding memory of you will always be. Um, you probably don't remember this, but uh, I uh, did five minutes during your show. It's been waiting to reveal this at the uh, Durham Gala Theatre in two thousand and six. I want to say I did a character. Uh, called uh, Romantic Novelist Selsden Krupp. And I got a sudden flashback to that when you were rifling through your pockets. What what happened was, Arthur used to have an in-quote support act, which was basically... At yeah. the beginning of the second half, so Arthur yeah. could have a little break. Yeah, so uh, you, you know, about 20 minutes in, so I could have a fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you, we went through it at the beginning. You went, okay, what, what's your name? I went, Ed Gamble. You went, right, okay. You wrote that down on a sheet of paper. You said, what's the character name? When romantic novelist sells them crap. And then you wrote, you wrote that down on a sheet of paper. You went, right, I've got that. Then you screwed the piece of paper up <laughs> yeah. and put it in your in pocket, pocket, which was yeah. full of screwed up bits of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, you said, oh, we're going to bring a young lad on now. We're going to do some stuff for you for a bit. They had no idea this was happening. Um, you went, <laughs> and please welcome to the stage. Oh, yeah. For, the paper, yeah. for about three or four minutes. Yeah, then you came off, off the stage and went... Sorry, what was the name? Of it? <laughs> oh, dear. I went, uh, romantic novelist sells the crap. You went right, okay. You announced it. I went on. They were lovely, a lovely audience. You yeah. appeared at the side of the stage, ready, ready to come back <laughs> on. We crossed. You went, well done. You went to the microphone. You went, romantic novelist sells the crap. There, I was like, he's nailed it. And he went, real name, Jed Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jed Jed Chambers. Chambers. And for the rest of the night, I've just had a drink afterwards. You're calling me Jed. I didn't have the heart to correct you. Well, Jed, I apologise. <laughs> you know, I just see you more as a Jed. Yeah, that's fair enough. I feel like more of a Jed. Peacock and Gamble, Peacock and Gamble. That was Arthur Smith. Shh. Thought... Sorry. Okay, so, why are you being louder? <laughs> no. Your voice is going. I think it's because I think that one day, if I just do it, it'll just come back to normal. No, that's it'll be the opposite, mate. It'll go, it'll go forever. And this run's going well. I'm enjoying our shows, Peacock and Gamble Heartthrobs, 9.45 at the Pleasance Courtyard. And I don't want it ruined by you not having a voice. Because, you know, I'm confident in my own abilities, but I don't think the show would, would work without you. No, I'm important. Yeah, you're very important in it. You're Especially now we've got late shows, Fridays and Saturdays at quarter past midnight. Tonight. Tonight, tomorrow. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, so come to that. Do come to them. <laughs> come if you want. Thank you very much for listening. That was Arthur Smith. Tomorrow's guest is... Saturday. Saturday, the Saturdays are coming on. Tomorrow's day is Saturday, so there's no podcast tomorrow. There's so no the podcast. Saturdays will be on the uh, on the podcast tomorrow. My no favourite's Frankie. I'm sure you're Sunday. Sunday, bloody Sunday. You two are going to be here on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be back on the, with happy the Happy Mondays next I'm week. I'm going to toss a coin. It's either going to be Gary Delaney or the Tiger Lilies. Not decided yet. Happy Mondays. Bez from the Happy Mondays. Have a nice weekend. Come and see us if you want. I love you so much. Me? No. Who then? The listener. What's it? The Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh podcast is a ready production. What is it? Ready production <laughs> hosted by Chortle.co.uk. T- today's guest was me, and my show is the one with me in it. All music by Thomas Funderay. See you tomorrow, man. Peacock and Gamble.